to the life of a sacred raver, a podcast by Find Your Groove. I'm Jess, aka Galactic Rainbow. Come on a journey with me to bridge the gap between the electronic music and well-being scenes. You never know when somebody's story may change your life. Hello, welcome. So lovely to have you listening in. I'm very excited to be recording the very first episode of this podcast. This will be a traveling podcast, which may have its challenges, but I'm currently in Elwood in Melbourne in a cat sit, looking after a beautiful little cat and living in a nice house by the beach. And I'm looking out the window and I'm seeing rainbow lorikeets in the tree. They come out every day and I feed them and they sing their little songs and it's really special. If anyone knows me, you may guess that I would like a rainbow rainbow lorikeet. <laughs> but this podcast is all about raving. It's all about well-being. It's all about authenticity and being yourself. And it will be a place where I share all the different travel stories that I've collected over the 30 years of living and exploring this world. And the goal is essentially to highlight how nourishing raving is in our lives by also learning ways that we can support our well-being. So it's awesome to have you here. Today's episode, we're going to get down to the details of like what actually is raving And like, what is sacred raving? And I'll also be answering some of the questions that I will ask every guest that joins this show. Because in addition to me, I'll also be bringing on guests and having interviews with people to go deeper on topics like outfits, photography, music, DJing, community, venues, There's so many juicy topics to talk about. I have the longest brainstorm list of all the episodes and I really, really can't wait to share them all with you. But first, let's talk about January. So yeah, happy new year, everyone. January 2023. Wow. It seems like every Christmas period is a little bit different for me. I've recently moved back to Melbourne I was living away for five and a half years, mostly living in London, although I did live in Greece for a bit. I lived in Mexico for a bit and Costa Rica. And of course, lots of trips in between, Uh, but it was incredible. And moving back has been strange. It's been new and it's been challenging at times. But I must say, I feel like things are starting to feel good which is really nice. I am still working for the charity that I work for from England. I'm doing it remote, which is great. I actually worked for them the whole time I've been in London and it was the reason that I actually moved to London in the first place at that time in my life. Um, And I made a decision about a year and a half ago that I needed more freedom in my life and I want to be freelance and work for myself. And so I switched over to a freelance role, which has allowed me now to be in Australia, still working for them. It does mean sometimes some late night calls, but it's okay. 
But over the Christmas break, they're closed and I also got a job for an events company and um, I was away over New Year's at a five-day festival with 30,000 people. It was huge. I actually have not been around that many people in a really long time and at a festival. But I love the work. I was a patron welfare area manager. So I was looking after a campground of about 7,000 patrons and I had a little team and I had a little buggy and I l- never had driven a buggy before, but it was so fun. Had my radio, which was literally going off so much. There was so many moving parts, but it was really fulfilling So I run a project called Find Your Groove and it's all about like bridging that gap between raving and well-being like this podcast as well. And I really believe in the beauty of festivals, the power of them and how important they are in our lives. But I also believe that we need to learn how to party with purpose. And so the patron welfare stuff fitted in quite well. It was quite diverse. It could be like trip sitting or it could be like more serious or we have to call medics. A lot of the people that attended the festival were first time festival newbies or they haven't been to a festival in a really long time. So yeah, let's just say they really needed the patron welfare stuff, but it meant that I learned a lot and it was really fulfilling work. I then like raced back to Melbourne on like 3 a.m. on the New Year's Eve night and um, had another event to do on New Year's Day as well in the same role. So yeah, it was was busy. But over at this festival, oh my, I've never seen that many doof sticks. Like I don't know if you know what a doof stick is for everyone in the Northern Hemisphere, although if you're my friend, you've probably heard me say this before because I love it. But in Australia, we call our festivals bush doofs because, you know, they're often out in the bush and music goes doof, doof, doof. So bush doof. And then rather than a rave totem, we call them a doof stick. But I've never seen so many doof sticks. Like it was a sea of them. And like mad respect to everyone because they were creative. And like one thing I do love about Aussies is, you know, We're a little bit cooked and our doof sticks can be quite funny. (laughs) So some of the ones I loved were, you know, there was, you know, that logo that's like, are you okay? Like that, are you okay day? Instead, it was like that logo, but are you on K? And then there was another one that was like the sports bet logo. I don't know if you're aware of sports bet but it said snorts cat. There was another one which is like um, a smoothie kind of breakfast drink and it's called up and go and it was a photo of an up and go but it said bump and go and then another one of like David Guetta uh, DJ like with this big crowd and it's like David Ketta. So just really silly and there was also this very, very cute Hello Kitty one which I actually think was my favourite one of the festival. Um, but yeah, I did that. And then in addition, Christmas, I mean, last Christmas I was in Mexico. I had bed bugs and that's a whole story. And so I'll tell that at the end of this podcast, if I have time, the Christmas before that I had COVID in London. So I was by myself isolating the Christmas before that I was in Melbourne, but it was a massive bender. 
And the Christmas before that, I was at a meditation retreat in like Cornwall in the UK. The Christmas before that, I was in Bristol with my work colleagues and we worked on Christmas Day and then had a big lunch. And before that, again, it was Christmas and also, again, a massive bender. And before that, I can't quite remember. But I've had Christmases in Bolivia and Thailand. So it's very normal for me to be away at Christmas or doing something a bit quirky. And this uh, Christmas, it was pretty normal. Um, It wasn't a bender, which was great. And um, we did some different things. So on Christmas Eve, we actually had this nice dinner with my sister, her boyfriend, one of my best mates, my mum. We all like cooked our own little bits. And we then watched Home Alone. And I haven't watched Home Alone in, I don't think ever as my, uh, ever in my adult life, I've watched Home Alone. And I smoked a little bit of a joint beforehand. And it was like, so funny. I was laughing so much. I mean, the others weren't. But I was just thinking, wow, this guy is so creative. Like he's genius. Like thinking of all these creative ways and like he's delivering it all really quickly. But also I was like, wow, he's a kid and he's handling this so well. I'm like, I don't think I could handle that so well. Like you wake up and your parents and family are just gone. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I do love weed because it like opens you up to the magic of the world and you, for me, I see all the unseen things and it just connects me to my emotions and yeah, I just like the effect it has on me. But one tradition I did keep up for a Christmas in Melbourne, it's pretty funny, we, um, we have like a split Christmas. So um, the week before Christmas Day, we do something at one of my set of grandpa, one set of my grandparents on the Sunday. And it just so happens that the last three Christmases on this Sunday, I literally come after pretty much no sleep and most likely after going to revs or having some bender. <laughs> And it is sometimes a little bit challenging at that day, but I can't really believe it. I haven't been to Revolver in literally three years, but it just so happened that that weekend um, was the weekend that since moving back to Melbourne, I ended up at Revolver completely unplanned. And I went to my Christmas at my grandpa's again, barely sleeping. Uh, But this time I didn't take any uppers. I, you know, smoked like a third of a joint all night and I had a few drinks at pre's, but was still there until like 9.30 a.m. It was so much fun. I'm like so proud of myself because over the past year, I've kind of stopped taking uppers and um, sometimes I feared if I would still be able to do the things that I like to do. And so some of the milestones for me was definitely going to revs and having a rev sesh and also um, the Christmas period. And I wasn't tempted at all and I had an amazing revolver sesh. Shout out to my friend Jack who was there with me. So I facilitate workshops at festivals And the title of my workshop is usually Sacred Raving. And 
in the southern hemisphere, uh, it's sacred doofing, <laughs> funnily enough. Uh, but I was actually at a festival this past summer in the UK and um, I was actually at an alcohol-free sober festival and I was doing my workshop. And I usually will do my workshop at electronic music festivals um, because for me, I usually bring the well-being to the raver. But this time I was bringing like the raving to the conscious well-being crowd. So it was a little bit more challenging. And I have to admit, I do think the workshop is better suited for general electronic music festivals. And I should create a new one for more conscious festivals. Um, but I do ask everyone, like, who identifies as being a raver? And someone asked, like, what does being a raver mean? And I kind of didn't know exactly how to answer that on the spot. I didn't really think about it because, you know, if you're a raver, you know you're a raver. And also just side note, like I'm in Australia now and the word raving isn't so commonly used, although I'm super happy to know that it is coming back and people do use it. And when I say it and it's a fellow raver that like resonates with it, they're like, yeah. Um, so I'm just bringing it back. I was a bit unsure, but I'm just going to bring it back. But you kind of, it's, I guess it's a feeling, right? So it's like an attitude. It's like a mindset. Like I know this is all cliche stuff, but it's hard to put into like words like what is a raver? I mean, practically, it's often someone that likes to go out to electronic music and often will be in cool locations like abandoned warehouses, places in nature, or some sort of industrial state um, because raving often involves adventure. But instead of trying to pinpoint what being a raver is, um, I think I'm going to share some anecdotes and things I've written down uh, in my notes in the past over the years that helped me uh, explain like what raving is to me and I would love it if you guys sent in to my Instagram what do you think being a raver is like let's all come up with that answer together I'm going to share some bits but for me it's more of a feeling and what it does is what it is what raving means to me so I'm just going to get out my notes Raving is a oneness of positive vibrations made up by the love spread from souls from all over the world who are united as one. Music and dance connects us and unites us and takes us on ecstatic journeys. There really is nothing more special than feeling that love, that energy, that connection. I go on to say... So much love and gratitude is spread between us all on the dance floor. Not to mention musical journeys crafted by wizards. I've also written, It was one of my times in the woods. I was surrounded by giant mushrooms when Aiden paralyzes me by dropping the absolute banger, factory settings. I stood gasping, hands over my mouth, saying out loud, Oh my God. Little did I know that moments like this was regular while raving. I actually have a video of that moment that my friend was just taking of 
of the banger and it's like caught on footage of me just like, oh my God, what's happening? What is this music? And that was one of my first raves that I went to after finding the rave scene. And that actually, that same friend, um, he describes it really well. So I'm going to finish it with this. I know that they won't mind me saying their names. So this is a quote from James, who actually is my ex-boyfriend, who's now one of my best mates. And that's going to be a whole episode um, for sure. I'm sure that him and his new girlfriend, Jess, who I love, who is one of my friends as well, will all have to get online and and do a recording because it's really special. But James writes, The lights, the music, the people, the energy in that warehouse or field or forest all build into each other, culminating to an overwhelming and explosive sense of belonging and togetherness, of wanting and being wanted, that extends far beyond the dance floor. It's so much more than just a party. We are family. And I love that so much. It really just summarizes it all. Like we have people from all different walks of life, whether you are wealthy or whether you're poor or whether you're from this country or that country, this color skin or that color skin, no matter your job, it all just gets put behind and we're all there to dance. We're all there for the music. And I think that's really what unites us, love for music. So maybe that gives a bit more of a sense of like what is raving and what being a raver is. And I actually have been reading a book recently that I found at my uncle's house. Shout out to like the coolest uncle (laughs) Um, called Techno Shuffle. And it's all about the underground rave history in Melbourne. And turns out we have like a thriving rave history in Melbourne, which is awesome and I read this just as I came back and so it just made me feel like really um, good about like reassured that yes I am I am gonna find my people in Melbourne and there is history of raving here because it really is a part of me um, but interestingly while reading these books this book um, people were sharing their stories of raving and what it was to them and it's all very similar so this feeling that people feel at a rave has stayed over 30 40 years which is pretty cool so I guess now moving on to like what is sacred raving so you know I've just shared about how amazing raving is basically and you know it can get to a point where there's just so many parties, there's so much to go, so many events to go to, the music is amazing, you know, and we get lost in the rave vortex. Like, it's easy to do. Maybe we don't check in with ourselves enough to go to that party or we we take that bump without even really thinking about if we want it or need it. We become so accustomed to that life as a raver and we can't, imagine a weekend without it I mean at least that was true for me for many years like I was just going to raves every weekend it was where I saw my family my community it's where I have my social time and like I genuinely didn't want to miss out on this music like I was like attached to this feeling of just belonging and happiness and it was it was 
becoming unconscious. But then when I started to add balance to my rave lifestyle, um, things really started to change. So when we make decisions based on desire rather than on need or habit or social pressure, you know, decisions made with some maybe intention rather than impulsivity and when we rave really to celebrate rather than numb we can we can become more self-aware we listen to our body's messages more we're able to stay present in our bodies at the rave we're we're not so much stuck in our minds this is all when it switches over to sacred raving and this is when it can really transform our lives and for me it's really transformed my life And to be honest, it all starts with you. It all starts with the relationship you have to yourself. So I guess a lot of the things I will be talking about on this on this um, podcast is ways that I've become at a place where I've now gone over a year and a quarter of not taking any uppers, not snorting any drugs, and completely changing how I how I party but still coming back to the rave scene with so much more love love for myself and love for raving and I did seven festivals in Europe this summer I went to Revolver until 9 30 in the morning and I've been able to really move over to being a sacred raver so I want to share with you because I want us all to be sacred ravers because I really do think it's sad when I hear stories of people like, oh, yeah, like, oh, back in the day, I used to love to rave. And then I ask them like, oh, like, why did they stop? And it's like, oh, you know, like I had to slow down or I was, you know, the lifestyle wasn't working for me. They're like, oh, but I love it. Or, and a lot of it is because people want to stop taking drugs and getting too intoxicated. And so the, the solution is often excuse me, the solution is often to just stop. But then we're missing out on this big part of self-expression, of creativity, of presence, of community. And that's sad to me. So I want us all to become sacred ravers and rave throughout our whole life until we don't want to rave. And that's completely fine. So like I said, we're going to be inviting lots of different guests on this show. I'm really excited to have you. And if you do want to join and like um, be be involved in an episode, just send me a message really open because together we're going to learn from each other and that's what's great. But the questions I will ask every guest on my show, there'll be a few. Question one. So how does raving or partying nourish your life? I mean, I've just been sharing a whole heap of how raving and partying nourishes my life. For me, it boils down to community, music, dance and adventure. All things that are really important for me. I mean, music has just such a special place in my heart. It's incredible to me that I can hear a sound and my body just instinctively move in a way that I'm not controlling with my mind. And 
it results in pleasure, like moving down my body and flowing through my body and energy that I get to play with. And that's just so much fun. (laughs) So there's some, that's so fun and nourishing. It's a way I can release on the dance floor. I have so much creative thoughts and it's just very special for me. But the people I meet there, it's my community and that sense of belonging and as James references before, to love and be loved, the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. Shout out to all the Moulin Rouge fans, but I love that quote so much because I believe in it so much. An adventure. I'm a traveler. I love adventure. So getting a little postcode at 10 p.m. and not knowing where you're going and trying to find the rave and walking through the bushes or hearing the the bass and you know you're getting closer, like that sense of adventure is something that is important in my life. Question two. So how do you support your well-being while being a raver? And for me, I've already mentioned this, but the biggest thing that I do to support my well-being is I'm mainly party sober. Uh, I am not against drugs at all. Um, this podcast won't be about that. But for me, I learned that it was it was best for me to not take stimulant drugs. So I'm a plant-based baby, <laughs> not necessarily with eating at the moment, but I, um, I, I believe in like plant-based drugs, huh? medicines, I will call it. And there'll be a whole episode about this as well. But, you know, psychedelics are a powerful medicine and they can teach you a lot. But really, I mostly go out and rave pretty much sober, a little bit of a joint, maybe a little bit of a drink, depending. And that's how I support my well-being. And then my next question is, what is my most played track at the moment? Well, one I absolutely love is Dynam- Dynamo by Weber. Definitely listen to it. It's also um, the third last song in a recent set I uploaded, uh, track eight, warehouse rave um at rubik's so if you want to hear the song um you can search it or you can listen to my set and hear it in a set as well so we're just wrapping up this episode and as promised i'm going to share my story of christmas last year so i was in mexico and i had got bed bugs which was so inconvenient and I think I picked it up um at this place I stayed for one night in Mexico City an Airbnb like I needed yeah one night to have like a private room because I was launching my first women's circle online and I needed like space to run the women's circle um on my computer and hostels are tricky. And I remember he had this like kind of weird blanket or whatever. And I did think to myself, hang on, if this is a blanket, is he actually washing this like in between stays? But anyway, didn't nothing really happened. And then like I ended up going to this like yoga school and I was doing a yoga med- um, yoga course there. And I started getting bites and I'm like, what the hell? Um, I think I have bed bugs. Like what's going on? I didn't know quite what was happening um 
but uh, I washed all my clothes, thought it was good. But then they came back again and I was like, no, I need to move rooms. So I moved rooms and so I needed to move rooms. So I went to a different place altogether and then the bites come back and the new housemate of mine, who's a friend, love you, Claire. She also started getting bites and I was like, oh my God, like I can't deal with this. I need to like put everything in a a garbage bag because I heard that if you put it in a garbage bag, like... Uh, in a black garbage bag, it should work. So I just put it in a black garbage bag for like three days, um, you know, wash my clothes again. We even put it in the dr- the clothes in the dryer at the school. Um, and I thought, yeah, this is good. It's going to be okay. Move to the next place. And like, it's an, a feeling of anxiety because you don't want to be carrying around these bugs with you. And I actually never saw one, but I kept getting bitten and they were so itchy. And then... Basically, so I moved to this next place. Um, It was like the 23rd of December. And then on the 24th of December, um, I had like a Christmas potluck dinner with my yoga graduates. And I leave the night after being all happy after a good evening. And I start like itching and I look at my back and I am covered in bites. And... I mean, I'm assuming there were bed bugs. We were inside, but I was covered. And I ring my mom, who's currently in Australia hosting Christmas Day, and I'm bawling. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, it's overwhelming. It's like, how can I fix this? Because you need to wash them in hot water. But I was in the beach town in Mexico. They don't even have hot water. So mom kind of like just like calmed me down. My sister actually did the good job she like calmed me down was like it's going to be all right they like gave me an action plan they're like wake up check out it's Christmas day but like go find yourself a hotel and deal with it but it was Christmas everything was booked and anything like in the the town was too expensive for me so I found on Airbnb this like place in the middle of nowhere but I know I knew I could get there like not too far away so I pack up all my stuff um and I, I take this like, uh, you know, bus, but it's not a bus. It's the pickup truck that you get on. Um, get off at the uh, this random spot, the highway where Google Maps is telling me then I walk. And I start walking through like this like desert land. Like I'm talking like cactuses and stuff. And I've got my backpack. I've bloody got my DDJ 400 as well. And um, I'm walking, I'm walking and I finally get to this place, like I'm in the middle of nowhere, not seeing anything, no shops, nothing and I finally get to this place and like it's like these big gates I'm like I think I'm here, I'm ringing and banging the doorbell, no one's answering, finally someone answers and I go in and it's like this like rodeo and at the back of the rodeo there's like three rooms, I'm literally the only one there, it's the most randomest thing, I go there and the room is beautiful. Like it's huge. I've got this big king size bed and there's like a jacuzzi. There's aircon. Yes. I hadn't had aircon in so long. Um, but it was the so random. Like it was just like rodeo and with this big room. And so this is all happening on Christmas day. Um, basically what I do is I put all my clothes in black garbage bags. And I, this time I learned that you actually need to do it in the sun. So I had the space in this like abandoned rodeo to put all my belongings in the black garbage bags out in the sun and I'd booked the place for a few days. 
And then I'd bought in town one item because I obviously needed to wear something. And I was on a budget, so I wasn't going to like um, buy just anything for the sake of it. And I actually needed to buy like a white piece of clothing for a white night for an ayahuasca ceremony in um, a community that I was going to later on in Costa Rica. So I was like, perfect, I'll buy that. Um, but it just so happens to be this like kind of like long, flowy dress, um, kind of jumpsuity vibes, dress, quite quite beautiful boho vibes, like an angel vibes being all white. I'm in the middle of nowhere. I get told that like next door there's like a pool and a restaurant. So I go over for my Christmas dinner. Um, I order a club sandwich and I actually do some music stuff. Um, but everyone is staring at me. I'm definitely the only tourist. I have bleach blonde hair and I'm wearing this beautiful like dress. <laughs> this also is the dress that I wear for three days that I walk into town wearing. Everyone is staring at me for like three days. Um, but yeah, so I had a Christmas um, day doing all of that and eating a club sandwich but it was really nice I just spent a few days watching Netflix and enjoying um, aircon and then on the last day I went and took all my clothes to the laundromat and I got them all washed and left the place I was at in Mazunte and then moved on to my next part which will be another story for another time um, but I didn't have bed bugs again thank god but, you know, traveling is the most amazing thing. It gives you so much resilience. It, it really is great. But there's challenging moments. There's been countless times I've wrung my mum crying, particularly on that Mexico trip because it was so um, brutal, um, brutally raw, opening me up to all this uh, amazing abundance in my life right now. But it was intense. So there were lots of crying phone calls. <laughs> But yes, this podcast, I am going to share all of that with you. I promise to be myself. Well, I promise to try and always be myself and always be authentic and vulnerable with you guys when I feel comfortable and where I feel comfortable. Obviously, I'm a human, but that's my intention. And I hope you enjoyed the first episode. You can follow me on my Instagram, find your groove, find your dot groove. All the links are below. Um, if you like the podcast, let me know, share it with your friends, do a review. We've got to get the word out there that raving is nourishing and is not something negative in people's lives and can't wait to connect with you all. Bye, everyone.